0: Crisis on Infinite Earths, issue number seven. Hello, time travelers. Welcome back to another episode of The Comic Book Time Machine. My name is Matt Anderson and I'm here today to talk to you all about Crisis on Infinite Earths. It has been a while since I last covered Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm embarrassed to say I just went back and looked at the last time we covered it here on The Comic Book Time Machine and it looks like we released... This events episode which was episode 67 back on September 24th 2015 and here I am recording in September 2016 and I'm just getting to the next issue so that means man oh man I'm not doing good at this one year per issue I gotta hurry this up so I'll, my goal everybody is to do these recordings not necessarily worry about how fast I edit them and get them out to you guys but just to be able to record Per issue so I'm never reading ahead So maybe by the time you're hearing this I've now read issue 8, issue 9, who knows uh, Maybe more, maybe the whole thing Probably not But I'm going to at least try to do the episodes as I go So sorry it's been so long I'm doing this solo now Because I'm not sure when we'll get back together for the events uh, Types episodes with Ben and Daniel And I just can't put off reading this I mean, epic historic collection anymore i mean this is one of the biggest events that's ever happened in any comic book company anywhere uh so i have to finish it i mean i i hasn't felt as much of a rush because i knew where the story went i know most of the main plot points so i'm not lost i'm not in the dark on anything but i still want to have completed this project that i started now (laughs) over two years ago i think is when i started this for the first time or I don't think it was more than that. I think we started this show, That Comic Book Time Machine, in 2014, summer 2014, and that's when I first started doing this. (sighs) Yeah, well, let's just dive in. So, how we're going to, the format of these episodes going forward as I do my solo takes on the events is going to be uh, me just reading my notes that I took along the way. I'll give the summary, basically I'm just going to walk you through the plot of what's happening there. Uh, let's see, anything else I need to say before I dive in? I don't think so. I am sad that Daniel and Ben can't be here with me because it's been having them, or it's been fun having them with me for the last six issues, but I think I need to move forward with this series. So, Daniel, Ben, if you're out there listening, sorry that you guys aren't here with me, but I need to finish Crisis. I need to be able to move forward. (laughs) So, here we go. Issue number seven. As the story opens, we find out that there's only five Earths left. And we have the characters... Lila, Alex Luther of Earth-3, Earth and Priya meeting up to discuss this coming destruction of the worlds. Uh, meanwhile, there's sort of a subplot happening where villains are continuing to be abducted. And as I had mentioned earlier, I, I know some of the plot points are going to happen in future issues, so I know that this is going to be something noteworthy. Uh, so right before Captain Marvel's eyes, two of his villains are taken from him, Dr. Savannah and Ibeck, they're gone. The villains hear these words. Welcome to a very select group who will soon rule the universe. For you, the listener, I'm not going to tell you what happened to them. But like I said, I I actually do know. We've got Lila, Alex, and Pariah then setting out to gather representatives from each of the remaining five Earths. Plus, Lady Quark is there. Uh, she Again, she's a survivor of a universe that no longer exists. And I won't always continually update you. But since it's been a while since we talked about these, I'll try to give a little bit of... Uh, okay, well, here's what you might not remember, but hopefully you can at some point in the future listen to the, all these episodes in a row so you won't need the constant reminders. But like I said, Lady Quark was from uh, this universe that is now gone. It was kind of a surprise that Pry was able to save her. So Lila plans to explain the Monitor's original plan to these representatives. They're all here right now. Uh, so. I'll lay out who is there right now. So the representatives are Superman of Earth-1, Superman of Earth-2, Captain Marvel of Earth-S, Uncle Sam of Earth-X. So we've got Captain Marvel from Earth-S as in Sam and Uncle Sam from Earth-X as in X-Ray. Then we get Blue Beetle of Earth-4 and Lady Quark. So kind of fun, actually, if you think about uh, Captain Marvel... Originally from Fawcett Comics, and DC bought that. Blue Beetle, originally from, I always forget what this is uh, called. The people that Watchmen was based on, the characters from that, was it? Oh, man, how could I not remember? Charlton? I think it was Charlton. Oh, man, I should have looked this up. So there's that. Uh, And Uncle Sam of Earth X. Where is he originally from? Uh, Let's just do a quick Google search. You guys are just listening to me. It's cool. If See, right now, if Daniel and Ben were here, I would just have them talk for a minute while I look this up or I'd ask them to find it for me. Uh, maybe he's originally from D.C.? I don't know. Maybe this isn't worth it. I know he was a part of the Freedom Fighters. Hmm. Yep. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to go look it up yourself. I do not know how to find this out. Okay. Well, let's move on. You know what? Actually, now that I'm here on the internet i was able to look up it's yeah charlton comics is that's where earth s like the captain marvel characters first came from uh and i also wanted to let you know because i forgot that i like to do this at the beginning we'll give sort of the cover date the on sale date did we ever tell how much this costs this is kind of crazy but this comic back in the day was only a dollar 25 came out on july 4th 1985 but the cover date was strangely october 1985 written by Marv, Marv Wolfman, penciler George Perez. Uh, all right, back to the story. Uh, Lila then explains that the crisis began long ago on the world of Oa. So you know, longtime comics readers will know that Oa is the planet where the Guardians uh, of the Universe live, and they are the people that have started the Green Lantern Corps. So there was an Owen named Krona who wanted to learn about the origins of the Universe. Uh, this was forbidden by their council. It was forbidden to travel back in time uh, to that starting point. But while Crona was observing this point in time, he saw a giant hand holding the universe in the hands. hand. It's kind of weird, but that's the best way to explain it. All it is is just a giant hand there with the universe inside. And Crona didn't immediately know the consequences of his actions. But by doing this forbidden thing, he's inadvertently created... An evil antimatter universe. So, more than that, though, what was originally one became many. So, here we are again, this origin story for the multiverse. Uh, So, along with the antimatter universe, the whole multiverse was created from this incident. So, Oa has a sister planet uh, that was inside the antimatter universe, and this is Kord, and that's where Lady Quark is from. Uh, Knowing their part in the crane of the antimatter universe, And the multiverse itself, then, the Owens created the Green Lantern Corps to try to protect the universe. So, it's kind of cool how they're weaving history all into this story. Um, Back to the origin story. Meanwhile, then, on the moon of Kord, out of nothing, this Anti-Monitor was born. So, yeah, he's the big bad, as you remember. Likewise, from the ground of the moon of Oa, we see the Monitor come to life. So, these two opposing forces... Uh, And I think at this point in DC history, it felt like these two were unique beings and there weren't a bunch of them. But in future DC comics, we'll find out there's tons of different monitors. Uh, So using his power then, the Anti-Monitor amasses an army and chooses the best warriors to be transformed into Shadow Demons. So we've been seeing these Shadow Demons appearing since the beginning of the series. So we get their origin story here. And then we find out that the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor have waged a war for one million years, but because they were mere reflections of each other, their powers canceled each other out. Then, as they attacked each other, they eventually knocked each other out for nine billion years. But guess what? It was Pariah who accidentally woke them up. This is why he's being punished throughout this uh, early parts of the series. And then it goes right from there to another origin story. So now we've got the big DC Universe Origin, sorry, but now let's learn more about Pariah. So, following down a similar path to Krona, Pariah also wants to see the beginning of the universe. So, in seeking this forbidden knowledge, he sees the giant hand and he sets off a train of events that would ultimately destroy his own world and then many others. Because when his positive matter universe exploded, the antimatter universe expanded to fill that void. Okay, and once that happened. The anti-monitor, who had been asleep, was released. So, you know, Pariah's a, a great scientist. Uh, he had created this antimatter chamber, so he was safe inside there. Uh, as he was, you know, he built it for observing purposes. So he's safe inside there as his universe is destroyed. Okay, so that's his backstory. Now we know he's kind of moving from Earth to Earth as they're being destroyed. So after this big backstory, the heroes only unite with a plan to attack the antimatter head-on. Uh, Alexander Luther of Earth Three, uh, because he has passed through the universes and was exposed to both positive matter and antimatter, ha- antimatter, he now has this ability to make a portal to the antimatter universe, and he does so in order for our team of heroes to find the anti-monitor. So things are kind of wrapping up here in issue seven. Uh, Pariah leads the huge team of heroes Because he can sense the an- Anti-Monitor's Presence And I don't know if there's an explanation on why he can do that Other than what he's already been through uh, They come across Anti-Monitor's this Humongous stone fortress And enter it and there uh, The big team of heroes comes face to face With the Anti-Monitor And his machines are there and then this big battle Ensues so in the fight Anti-Monitor singles out the Earth 1 Superman For death Uh, He knows that he is powerful. Uh, Superman from Earth-1 is important. Uh, He's kind of this leader of this group, so he wants him taken out early. So Supergirl, though, she's wanting to save her cousin. She rushes into battle. I should say, though, Earth-1 Superman is the main line Superman of this time period. So Supergirl rushes in. She fights Anti-Monitor while Superman is incapacitated because, really, if she hadn't come and saved the day, Superman of Earth-1 would have been killed. And then, uh, at the exact same time, it seems that Dr. Light, who's been kind of wavering between, is she a good guy, is she a bad guy, Uh, she has a change of heart, and seeing Supergirl's bravery, Dr. Light commits herself to living as a hero. So, pretty important moment there. But then, unfortunately, when she mentions that she needs to go in to help Supergirl, Supergirl hears Dr. Light and turns to tell her to get Superman to safety instead, but... While she's distracted, they turning towards Dr. Light. Anti-Monitor uh, attacks her. And uh, this is where she's, she dies. He, she is murdered by the Anti-Monitor. So, and Supergirl actually does stay dead and gone from DC Comics for quite a while after this. So it kind of seemed like it was Dr. Light's fault. But, I mean, no one's really focusing on that. Instead, Clark and Kara... Is that how you say her name? Was it Kara Danvers back then? Uh, They have this kind of nice final moment together and then she dies. And that is the end of this issue. So I think uh, as I've heard about the whole crisis event, there were two main superheroes who were really popular at this time that were killed during the event. And Supergirl was the first one I knew about. And I won't say who the second one is just in case you're reading along uh, and you've waited a year for this episode. But uh there's another one coming up who's a pretty humongous death in dc comics history so that's coming up well now that i've done this episode i can finally go on and read issue number eight and hopefully get you guys an episode sooner than later uh but uh i'm trying to think is there anything else i should say i think that's it that's pretty much all that there is to say about this uh when it comes to the plan for going forward and uh again shout out to daniel and ben sorry you guys couldn't be here but that's it i will try to read these faster going forward but uh definitely want to hear your feedback feel free to write in to us uh by email i believe we're at feedback at com. you can also comment on our website if you're listening there if you're not listening there you can always go to our website which is comicbooktimemachine.com you can go to us on twitter which is at comic time i think And you can also find us on Facebook and give us some comments below this episode there. So tons of places you can reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Give us some ideas if you have any ideas on what we could do for future episodes. But for now, that's all from here. I am Matt Anderson signing off.